Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. We love you. Tree of Life loves Hills Baptist. We are proud of you. We are proud of what God is doing through you into the Hills regions and into the city. We are so excited about a new relationship. Uh, in actual fact, we've got some years under the belt now, Dave. We've probably two or three, maybe four, I don't know. Adam and Laura, Dave and Joe, and a whole crew from Hills that comes down to visit us at Tree. And we have a, a crew from Tree that comes up and visits and worships and lifts up the name of Jesus together. We are venturing into the city together with the Ignite expression. How many of you guys agree with me that it is so powerful when the church comes together to lift up the highest name in the city, to lift up the blood, the finished work, to preach the gospel? Guys, can I ask you to grab hold of a dream that is certainly in my heart and I'm sure it's already in many of yours. But I have in my days very seldom sadly seen the church come together in true love where there's no competition and criticism and having a go, but something is happening here. There is genuine love and it's starting to happen just a few at a time, like hot coals coming together. And I, I'm gonna ask us, as I did last time that when, when I was here, Dave gave me an opportunity to ask us to hold that as precious in your hand and in your heart. That we make a decision. Unity is not just about having a meeting together. Unity is what we carry in our heart, even when we're carrying on through the day, in the workplace, with our families, what we hold in our heart. We hold high the church of Jesus Christ. We will speak well of each other. When criticism comes our way, sometimes we'll do the awkward thing and stop guys graciously in their track. This is the bride of Christ. This is the body of Christ. There is no autoimmune disease in the body of Christ. The body doesn't attack the body. His body is perfect. Is this precious? It is so awesome to be preaching in a church that believes the Word, stands on the Word, builds on the Word, prays with the Word, and lives your life according to the Word of God. Is anybody with me here this morning? And so the Word of God says this, where two or three are gathered in His name, there I am amongst you. Who said that? Guys, Jesus said that. Jesus is here this morning by faith. The Word of God takes effect in our lives by faith. The promises of God are yes and amen by faith. The Kingdom is advanced through our lives, guys, by faith. Every beauty, every finished work, every benevolence, every blessing of the cross of Christ has its effect in and through our lives. It is by faith. And so with no geeing up anything, with no war cry in the change room before a game, but just with a real authentic faith, can I ask you to stand? And before we preach, can I ask us all, if it is in your heart, to lift high the name of Jesus in this place tonight? Can we extol His name? Can we give honour to the One who is worthy of all praise and dominion and might and glory? Can we proclaim not only the majesty, but the rule of God's dominion? Jesus, we proclaim Your rule on the earth as it is in heaven. Let Your kingdom, let Your domain, Your dominion come here this morning as it is in heaven. 
Jesus, we proclaim your authority. We proclaim your rule. We proclaim your will, your heart, everything that you have purposed this morning that it will take effect. No resistance, no walls this morning. I thank you, Jesus, have your full and perfect purpose, your full way. You are the way, the truth and the life. We bless you. I place your hand on your heart and ask Jesus, won't you come and transform me afresh? Won't you light up the Word of God? Thank you that the Word is living and it is active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates dividing what is soulish and what is spirit. And judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Jesus, come and transform us. Build us up by the Word. Bring us into our inheritance in Jesus that you would be glorified. Take your glory, King of glory. Take your glory, King of glory. Can we give Jesus a shout? Bless your name. Bless your name. He is worthy. Bless you guys. You can go and take your seats. I really want to thank Dave again for the great privilege of sharing in this series, this Hearts Ablaze series, the book of Acts. And uh, my assignment this morning is Acts oh, chapter 4. You're going to have to get used to this when Spirit of God just touches me. My voice goes all squeaky and liquid just starts to run through my eyes. Guys, I love him. I've given every, you've, you've heard, you can hear this accent is strange. I apologize, or maybe I don't because God made South Africans. But God has called my beautiful girl and myself to give up my career. I had a career in civil engineering. Um, I, I, I have a great, great honor of being seven generations of men and women that have served God passionately, planted churches, been leaded in churches. We've stood for God and I can't remember even at what age now, but it was about 25 years ago, God called us to leave our professions and called us so miraculously and specifically. I didn't have Australia on my mind. I didn't know anything about Australia. But for eight months straight, God spoke so radically to us that we didn't have a choice. We didn't have the luxury of coming to spy out the land to see if we would like ours because it wasn't about us and our comforts. It was about Jesus and the gospel. And so Jesus has called us, He has made the way and it is a great delight to be in this nation, nation proclaiming and holding high the name of Jesus. And so Acts chapter 4, uh, 1 through 13, if I can ask you to open your Bibles, take out your swords and uh, as you're turning there, I'll orientate us a little and, and bring us into some context. God has just done an outstanding miracle through Peter and John. They were on their way to the temple to pray as was their custom. And upon entering the temple, they walked through the, the temple gate, beautiful. Now what is interesting is in the original, that name beautiful is beautiful in its time. And it had suddenly become time. God was about to release something beautiful on a lame man that sat at the temple gate, beautiful every day. Guys, listen. He was lame since birth and he was now over 40 years old. And as Peter approaches him, he says to this layman, he says, silver and gold have I none, but that which I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And with that, this layman that has never walked, guys, instantly jumps to his feet, not only walks, not only leaps, but starts praising 
God. There was not only one miracle that took place that day. There was a multi-miracle cluster. Guy's legs were completely healed. His limbs, his legs, they were, secondly, they were made strong. Those limbs and legs had never carried the weight of his body. This is a man who has never learned to walk. He's never walked in his life. Not only are they healed, not only are the legs made strong, this man jumps to his feet and starts walking where he's never walked before, but more than that, the greatest miracle. Immediately, he starts giving praise to God. A dejected heart, a depressed heart, a downcast heart, a beggar's mentality is immediately, an identity is immediately transformed that he is a son and immediately his heart becomes soft and he starts giving God praise. Can anybody here this morning give God praise? That isn't that amazing? And so needless to say, they're descending on by a huge crowd, you know, wanting to know what is going on. They're filled with wonder. They're filled with awe, maybe also a little bit bewildered. What, what, is, what is happening here? And Peter takes the opportunity and he stands up and he points to Jesus. He lifts up Jesus and he preaches the gospel and gives people an opportunity to repent, to metanoia, to change the way they think and to turn from their sin and turn to Jesus. Come on, isn't this awesome? And in that moment, and we don't know if it was then, but in the days following, guys, the church grew from 3,000 to over 5,000 at the proclamation of Jesus. It's into this context that our assignment begins. You can follow in your Bible. I'll try and unpack it out of my heart. God has just graciously written the Scriptures on my heart. And so into this thronging crowd, the priests and the, the, the captain of the temple guard, they, they rush onto the scene. And one, they try to just steal the crowd, you know, make sure that there's no uprising, there's no commotion, everybody calm, everybody calm. And immediately they have Peter and John arrested. And it says, because it was evening, they had them thrown into prison. I wanna ask us this morning, why? Here's a lame man that has been healed. I mean, surely, joy, people are getting saved. I mean, come on, no. Let's arrest Peter and John. Guys, why were Peter and John arrested and thrown into prison? The Jews were under Roman rule and the Romans had allowed the Jews to establish their own government, their own rule of law, that they would live under their own customs and own culture, except for one thing, that there was never any disorder, uprising, no commotion, no, no rebellions. And because the chief priests, the elders, the rulers of the people, they didn't wanna lose their place, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they didn't wanna lose the position that they had been given. They rushed in just to keep everything calm. No, we don't wanna lose the profile given and we'll just have them put in prison. But there was also another reason, ladies and gents. Peter was proclaiming in Christ, the resurrection of the dead. Jesus was raised from the dead and you and I have been raised with Christ. He was proclaiming the resurrection of the dead. But the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so they were so sad, you see. Come on, dad jokes are loud. Dad jokes are loud in this place. 
So Peter and John are arrested. They're thrown into prison. And the next morning, they brought before all the big guns. The chief priest Caiaphas is there. Annas is there. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, all sitting on the curved benches of the Sanhedrin. Guys, it was the highest ruling court amongst the Jews. The supreme court, if you will. And so you can imagine just a little bit of touch maybe in their humanity of anxiety, a bit of fear and trepidation. Guys, up to this stage, things have been going well. The 120 became 3,000. The 3,000 has now become 5,000. The community, the church is being established. They're loving, they're looking after one another. It says many signs and wonders were done by, by the apostles. The gospel was advancing. This was amazing. But suddenly, here is their first persecution, first roadblock. Oh, hang on. It wasn't meant to go like this. And now they brought before the chief priest and all of the Sanhedrin. And they charged with this question, tell us. By what power and by what name did you do this? Oh, guys, verse 8, I just love this. Then Peter, filled with Holy Spirit. Can somebody shout that out? Filled with Holy Spirit. Filled with Holy Spirit. A little bit of license. He looks straight at them and he says these words. Rulers and elders of the people. If you're calling us to give account today for an act of kindness to a lame man and you are asking how is he healed? Well, then know this. You and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus whom you crucified that this man stands healed today. Guys, the name of Jesus is immeasurably precious and powerful. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. It is not just a name. The name Jesus encompasses all of His will. Everything that God is, every value, every heart, it's not just a name. And with that authority, it is the name of life. It is the name of healing. It is the name of freedom. It is the name of salvation. It is the name that is above every name. It is Philippians chapter 2. Jesus in His very nature being God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. But He took on the nature of a servant and He humbled Himself, even to death, death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted Him to the right hand and He gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the fathers. Anybody mildly excited about that today? Come on. The name of Jesus. Guys, the name of Jesus is not just a little tag that we end, that, 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 that we add to a prayer to make our prayer sound more impressive. It's not just something that we add to grace when we give thanks around the table, again, to make it somehow more effective. The name of Jesus is precious. The name of Jesus is powerful. His name was given to you and I. Feel the weight of that. 
There's faith this morning, but there's also a reverence and an awe. The highest name, the name that is above every name was given to you and I as a great gift. Dex, how do you know that? It is with honor and with pleasure that I'd like to unpack this a little. John chapter 17. There was one time, actually the last time, that Jesus was meeting with the Father before going to His death, before going to the cross. You can imagine the intensity, you can imagine the intimacy there. And Jesus in this moment, He cries out and He says, Holy Father, glorify me that I would glorify You. You gave me authority over all people that I would show them eternal life. This is eternal life that they would know you and Jesus Christ. He goes on and he says, Father, I've revealed you. Verse 11 and verse 12. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me. While I was with them, I protected them with that name. very preceding chapter that you guys preached last week and the preaching has been outstanding I just checked in a little Acts chapter 3 when Peter says silver and gold have I none the very next line he says but that which I have I give to you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk that which I have that which I have guys you and I have been given the most precious and holy name the name of Jesus, that which I have. Do you know that word have is the word echo in Greek. The name that is sounded in heaven, proclaimed in heaven, the highest name, Jesus, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Jesus, His name being spoken out again and again in the heavenly realms, praised, lifted high, guys, is echoed in your and my heart. What is sounded in heaven is echoed on the earth in the hearts of believers. You and I made one with Jesus. Is that amazing? His name, as it's proclaimed in the heavenlies, bears witness in our heart. It echoes in our heart. That name, echo, it also means to possess, to wear to put on like a cloak and also to hold in our hand. You and I have been given the mighty name of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five from verse 20. Paul says we are ambassadors for Christ. The context there being we are ministers of reconciliation. We are reconciling man to God. What do you know about ambassadors? They're given ambassadorial authority. In the old days, when a king would send an ambassador, he would give him authority to carry out the will of the king. And so the ambassador would go with his delegation to a foreign country and have the authority to establish the will of the king in that region. Guys, listen, as if the king was there himself. Is that amazing? That is the power that you and I have been given, ambassadorial authority in Christ. We have the name of Jesus. But His name is not a mantra. His name is not to be used like some kind of magic wand. 
Guys, His name is powerful, but His name is also precious. His name has never meant to be used out of conjunction with intimacy with Him, walking with Him, praying in Jesus, praying His name, standing, taking our stand, fighting the good fight in the name of Jesus. Well, the seven sons of Sceva learned the hard way. Acts chapter 19. A Jewish priest and seven sons of Sceva, they saw some of the disciples casting out demons in the name of Jesus, maybe Paul. And they saw a demonized man and it says they tried to invoke the name of Jesus over this demonized man. And this demon looks at them, says, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? And they got a big beating that day, guys. In Afrikaans and South African language, they caught a club. They got a beating. In actual fact, it says they ran out the room naked and bleeding. It's not something that you want. Guys, the name of Jesus is not a mantra. The name of Jesus is precious and powerful and has to be walked out in relationship. I submit this to you. When you build your prayer life in the name of Jesus, when you take a stand and advance the kingdom, in a world that is shaking, in a world that is dark, in a world that is all over the place of you and I like stars stand in a crooked end of the brave generation in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. We step out in the name of Jesus. Guess what? Then your name becomes known in the heavenly realm. And that's not our end goal, but it is our goal in the sense that we don't want to use the name of Jesus as a mantra. It needs to be something that that we walk out by way of experience, by what, by way of encounter. It's not a religious thing that we just say, the name of Jesus is powerful. So Peter goes on in front of the Sanhedrin and he says this, guys, the stone that you rejected has now become the capstone. Jesus is not only the foundation stone, Jesus is not only the cornerstone that we align our lives with. Guys, Jesus is the capstone that holds everything together. He is the building that we are built into together. And then these words, verse 12, it says, Salvation, Peter, before the Sanhedrin, salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. There is no other name in heaven or on earth by which men will be saved. Guys, that word salvation is not lift up our hands and repeat a sinner's prayer and woohoo, now I'm in. Salvation is not a matter of repeating a prayer. Salvation is a matter of either you are dead or you're alive in Christ. Just like Laura beautifully demonstrated she died with Christ as she went down under the water. It signifies I was buried with Christ. The old Laura no longer exists. I've been washed. The water represents a washing, a sanctification. A hagiazod is the Greek word. I've been set apart. I've been made sacred. And as I come up out of the water, Laura signified today, I've, I've risen with Christ. I live a new life in Him. Salvation. That word there is the word soteria. It's soteria salvation, which is way more, guys, than a rescue from hell. 
that word actually means deliverance. It means healing. It means wholeness. It means freedom and a complete salvation from destruction. Can somebody give God praise? Salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Just like this quiet moments, you can imagine in that courtroom, the Sanhedrin, maybe just cannot find words. And verse 13, the crescendo, where it says, when they saw the boldness. Guys, when they saw the boldness, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and realized that these guys were just rough fishermen. They were unschooled, they were ordinary men, just like you and I. It says they were astonished, they were amazed, they were discombobulated. My latest favorite word, discombobulated, is like a fox terry expression, you know. They were amazed, and in this line, and they took note that they had been with Jesus. Do you know, it, it shows, you can tell when somebody has been with Jesus, when somebody walks with Jesus, when someone has deep intimacy with Jesus, you can tell they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But I wanna ask you something this morning. And this is not a funny question, it's not a trick question. I ask it in all sincerity. Is being with Jesus enough? Is being with Jesus enough? Is being with Jesus enough to finish strong? Is being with Jesus enough to reveal Him? Is being with Jesus enough to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of you for? I'm not asking you, is Jesus enough? I'm not asking you, is the sufficiency of Jesus enough? What I'm asking you is being with Jesus enough. Peter and John were with Jesus. They were with Jesus for over three years. They were with Jesus when Jesus healed the sick. They were with Jesus when Jesus raised the dead, when Jesus cast out demons. Guys, they sat under the most anointed preaching and teaching ever. They were with Jesus. They were with Jesus when He fed the 5,000. They were with Jesus when Jesus sent out the 12 under delegated exorcia authority. They were with the 72 again and they received again, borrowed anointing and they went out. Guys, they were with Jesus when Jesus took Peter, James and John up that mountain. Probably the, the most glorious, the most sacred, the most holy encounter that I can read in my Bible that when Jesus was praying, suddenly his face starts to shine like the sun and he becomes filled with resurrection glory his clothes start to shine white as lightning it says Elijah and Moses appear and then the dark cloud of God's glory guys and then the voice of God you don't get a higher encounter Peter and James were with Jesus but on the night of Jesus' betrayal they abandoned him. Is being with Jesus enough? 
on the night that Jesus was betrayed. Even though he said he wouldn't, Peter denied Jesus three times. Is being with Jesus enough? I want to submit to you this morning that being with Jesus is not enough. It's obeying Jesus. It's doing the things Jesus told us to do. It's aligning ourselves with the true design and giving ourselves to what Jesus made in His full provision. Jesus said to us, wait in the city. And when the gift my Father promised comes upon you, you will receive power. Guys, we can't do this on our own. God never intended this thing to be through striving, through straining, through our own intellect, ability and acumen. It is not by might, our might. It is not by our strength and power, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. Dave has been preaching so brilliantly and he's been speaking about how Holy Spirit is with us, Holy Spirit is in us, and then Holy Spirit comes upon us. Guys, we have, at that moment of salvation, we have received the precious person of Holy Spirit. And He is in us and He will never leave us. And He constantly points us towards Jesus. John 14, 15 and 16. Jesus says, He will never leave you. On that day, you will realize, I'm in you and you're in me. What day? The day that you are indwelt with the person of Holy Spirit. Your union in Christ is only made possible by the person of Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 says, if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you are not in Christ. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Jesus says to Nicodemus, unless you're born of the Spirit, it is Holy Spirit that takes the finished work of Christ and every reality and imputes and imparts that into our lives. Guys, when it says that Holy Spirit is sanctifying and washing, He's not doing a separate work. Holy Spirit is not doing His own work. Holy Spirit is taking the finished work of Christ and He is washing us in the finished work. Holy Spirit always points towards Christ. He's the Spirit of truth, leading us to the way, the life and the truth to Jesus. He says He will testify of Jesus. It says that He will remind us of what Jesus has said. It says that He will take from Jesus and make it known to us. The beautiful person of Holy Spirit is in our lives to point us constantly to Christ, our true identity in Him. But there is another experience, an ongoing experience, where Jesus says, be filled with Guys, that is such a joy. That, that is such a relief. Otherwise, it is our own strength. It is our own striving. And then we will burn out. Oh, careful of burnout. No, I say this. If you are not filled regularly with Holy Spirit, His refreshing, His re-energizing, His reinvigorating, the life flow of Holy Spirit, you will burn out. But regularly, ongoingly, if you are being 
Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, being filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, but regularly, ongoingly be filled with the Holy Spirit, His power coming upon you. Guys, you will never burn out. He is the stream of life, the stream of living water. We need Him. And so Peter, just a few days before, Guys, he couldn't even stand up to the lowest form of authority on the day. A young servant go, you were with him. No, I don't know the man. Denied him three times. He's weak and he's wussy. He's been with Jesus, guys. He's seen the highest level miracles, the highest level encounters. It wasn't enough. Dex, but he had anointing. It was borrowed anointing. I want to ask you, the anointing that you carry this morning, is it your own? The authority that you walk in, is it your own? in Christ Jesus. So Jesus commissions us, guys, not an add-on. Matthew 28 being the last chapter doesn't somehow signify it's an add-on. No, it's the centerpiece of the church of Christ. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. And He sends the church. He sends His disciples. He sends you and I out. But then Jesus says a strange thing. He says, but then wait. He sent us out to reach out, to preach out. But then He says, no, don't reach out. Don't preach out. Wait first for the gift that my Father promised. And when Holy Spirit comes upon you, Acts chapter one, verse eight, you will. Guys, when Jesus says something, how many of you believe that it is actually the truth? How many of us this morning believe that Jesus is actually the way, the life and the truth? When Jesus says something, He means it. You will receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon you. So as you preached so beautifully, Dave, Acts chapter two, they're in that upper room, the church, 120 of them. When winds and fire, Holy Spirit comes upon His church. That church was actually born out of fire. The church was born out of the power of God. And Peter, the same weak and wussy man that could not stand up to a young servant girl now under the full power of Holy Spirit is transformed. He stands up to several thousand devout Jews rushing at Him. And He preaches the Gospel with such power and penetration, 3,000 get saved there and then. That, my friends, is the power of Holy Spirit. And now to completely close the loop, now we find Him standing in front of the Supreme Court, the highest ruling authority of the day. And not only, guys, does He lift up the name of Jesus. Salvation is found in no other name. Watch this. He accuses the Supreme Court of murder. You killed the Son of God. Guys, that is some serious boldness. That is a boldness that is not of our own. Just close your eyes for a moment. We need you. Oh, how we need you. I thank you, Lord. In our humanity, weak. The flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. The flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. Oh, Father, thank you. Help us to overcome our unbelief. 
Father, I thank You, increase our faith. Not a whipping up, not a stirring up, not a hyping up, but the true faith that You speak about, Jesus. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, I thank You that You would stir up faith in this place this morning. I really just feel this. God wants to do a work of boldness in our lives. I just want to make this very clear this morning. Nothing weird, nothing wacky, nothing about manifestations, no shivering and shaking. I want to ask you, if you want the full expression of what Jesus speaks about in the Bible, when Holy Spirit power comes upon you, you will receive power and with that boldness. You hear this morning and you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving in measures of boldness, but Holy Spirit, I need you and your power because I too wanna proclaim Christ. I too wanna lift up Christ. I want to be those stars in a crooked and a brave generation. I wanna be the city on the hill. I wanna be a light shining in the darkness. If you are here this morning, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. I'm not gonna call you forward. I'm not gonna lay my hands on you unless you want it. But if you are here this morning saying, Jesus, I want to grow in boldness. Jesus, increase my boldness. Jesus, I want Bible. I want what the Bible speaks about. Nothing funny, nothing weird. I want what the book of Acts describes. I want my heart to be ablaze. I need your power. I need your boldness in the same way that you fell on the believers, would you fall on me? Won't you just lift your hands, not towards me, towards heaven, towards Jesus. Jesus is the one who baptizes in Holy Spirit and fire. He is the one that releases His power. And so Father, I thank You that You meet everyone at their point of faith, their measure of faith, their measure of faith. Luke chapter 11 says, how much more? We who have earthly fire, fathers, when we ask them for bread, they don't give us a stone, a stone. When we ask them for fish, they don't give us a snake. How much more will our heavenly Father, when we ask of Him, give us Holy Spirit? Come on, won't you pray now? Won't you ask? If that's something that you are serious about, if you're here this morning saying, Dex, I don't respond to you, I respond to the Lord. Won't you then talk to the Lord? Won't you tell Him? Won't you bear your heart? God, use me. God, light me up. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would light up the Word of God in me. Won't you light up Jesus in me? Light up my identity in Christ. Won't you light up my profession? The express purpose of Holy Spirit was that coming in power was that we'd be witnesses. Oh, I wanna be a witness. I wanna be a witness. Boldness, boldness. Boldness, come on, stir up your faith. I wanna see you praying. It's not my prayer that does anything. It is your faith. It is your faith. That's a church, beautiful. Keep praying, keep praying. There's something about volume where you exert your will. Jesus doesn't come because you're shouting, but there is something as you exert your will. Come on, it's gotta reflect in passion. Lord, I am hungry for you. God, I want my life to count, one life to live. I wanna live a powerful life. I wanna live poured out like a drink offering. Jesus, use me, light up my life that I would be a witness for Christ. Boldness, confidence, confidence. That's it, beautiful, 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 more. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bring the authentic and bring the real.
bring the book of Acts expression. More, Lord. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. This is amazing. There's something so deep and sincere in this, in this family. There's an incredible reverence and an awe. Marry that reverence and awe to faith. Oh, you are precious. Your name is powerful. God, entrust me with more. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Make me a lightning conductor. Make me a conduit of the kingdom. The kingdom in us. The kingdom wants out of us. The governments, the authority of Jesus. We bless you. Just keep praying. Bless you. Keep praying. Bless you. Keep praying. Bless you. You know, everything that we're doing, I've bounced off Dave. I come under his authority. Honor the authority of the house. Submission to the authority of the house. Father, I thank you. Do a mighty work. Change our lives. I'm feeling like the Lord is just increasing our burn levels, our blaze levels, blaze levels. If you have lived a life that has been compromised, I'm not talking about in sin, I'm talking about just lukewarm. You, 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 you know there is more, but you've been held. You've been conservative in God. You say, God, I, I want to live all out. Jesus, not just my Savior, Jesus, Lord of all. In the face of this beautiful picture of being baptized, laying down your life, if you hear this morning saying, I want to literally become not just words, not just a prayer, but a living sacrifice. I want to blaze. I want to be radical for Jesus. Radical for Jesus. Help me, Holy Spirit, light up Jesus within me. Keep, keep praying. Keep praying that word. See something so sincere. This lady with the teal jacket. Father, I just thank you. Release your power. Release your power. See God doing something in your family. The Lord kindling a new fire. Something deep. There's, there's an earnestness you've been... Your faithful family, your faithful couple, there's something so earnest in you. Father, I thank you. New fire and a new blaze in this family. I bless this family. Just see so, uh, uh, such a sincerity on your life. I see such a reverence and an awe on you. Father, I just thank you. Deepen that, deepen that. More in this place. Keep praying, guys. This is awesome. When they were in the upper, upper room, they tarried for 10 days. We're not going to be doing that, but we can go 10 minutes, surely. Surely, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. We've got to strengthen our prayer muscle. We've got to strengthen our prayer muscle. We're pressing in to Jesus. Jesus doesn't come on our time. Jesus comes in His time. But sometimes He, he tarries. He allows us to push in, push in so that we grow our prayer muscle. We grow our hunger. It's hunger, humility, and holiness. Hunger, humility, and holiness. Thank you, Lord. Sam, come here. Keep praying, guys. Oh, yeah. Father, I thank you so much for this evangelist anointing that I see so clearly on Sam. I thank you, Lord God, for the boldness, the boldness that is already there. I thank you, Lord God, for the breaker anointing on his life where he will break hard hearts. Just immediately I'm drawn to Ezekiel. Ezekiel's name means God strengthens. 
And Ezekiel was not sent to a foreign people, but he was sent to his own people, whom God says were rebellious. They were hard-hearted, they were stiff-necked. But the Lord said of Ezekiel, I'll make you stronger, I'll make you harder. I'll set your face like flint. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you would make Sam even stronger, Lord God. And I thank you for purity of heart. I just feel to say this, David, I submit this to you, but I feel in the right way, Sam, you're gonna offend lives. You're gonna offend even people in this church because of your boldness, because of your fire, and you refuse to compromise. And I just wanna say what I feel over, over Sam is like this Nathaniel thing. There's no false agenda. Sam was never wanting to take over. Sam's not wanting to start a ministry of his own. Sam has a pure heart after Christ and he wants to see the hills alive. Father, I pray for a revivalist anointing on this man, that this man would be used. He would never hold back. And I thank you that you are releasing over him power and love, power and love, power. It's the truth in love. It's the truth in love. Sam, it's, it's both together. It's both together and God is going to grace you with saying things gently, but carrying the same punch and power. But I wanna speak to the church and say, church, open your hearts and grace Him because at time God is gonna come like Him, like a hammer that breaks rock, breaks hard heartedness. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong here. I'm just saying sometimes the devil and his demons come against us and bring ungodly mindsets bring spirits of religion and it needs the anointing of God to break. Thank you, Lord. Dave, would you come? I just want to pray for you. Father, I honour this man. I love this man. I want to thank you for the purest heart in this man. His great heart, Lord God, not for his name to be known, but your name to be made famous. And I pray that you would open more and more of the city, more and more of the city to Dave. And out of that pure heart of devotion and reverence and awe, holiness, Father God, that you would make way. We say, Jesus, you be famous. It is for the sake of your holy name. Dave, increase of anointing. And for you, right now in this moment, I'm literally live streaming. Nothing has been prepared beforehand. I feel like the Lord pouring out over you great wisdom. Great wisdom, power and wisdom, power and wisdom. And everything that is on your plate, everything that you're juggling, campuses that are being planted, hills that are being taken, the city and even the nations that are opening. Father, give him wisdom. Can everyone stretch your hand towards Dave? Father, we pray over his family. Where's Joe? There she is. Come, Joe. Come, Joe. Come stand with your man. We love you. We're proud of you. Guys, can I just say this? I have such a heart for women in ministry because it's been so misunderstood. And many people don't understand the weight that women carry. We many times have the privilege of being at the coalface and some of the pressure being released as we get to face the situation whilst we bear the burden. Wives often don't. And they carry the same weight with their husbands. Joe, you are precious. You are beautiful. We love you. And this is together. And so the same anointing that is on Dave, on you. I want to bless you, Joe, for everything that you've held, everything that you've carried. Even the whisperings in your heart as you challenged the team about Ignite and said, come on, do this, do this, do this. This is God. Father, I thank you. 
increase your grace and your anointing over this couple. Guys, speak grace over them. Father, everything that is on their plates, many people don't understand the outpouring of emotion. Oof, the great expenditure that takes place in ministry, not being understood. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. As they elevate you, would you elevate them because their heart is that you are made famous. Give them grace. Give them anointing. Bless them. Favor. Favor. I hope this is okay. Nothing of this was on my grid. Keep praying for them. I want to pray over this, this beautiful church family. Father, a new level of unity and grace as campuses come together. And as there is a new venture into the hills with different backgrounds coming together. Grace, grace, grace to the capstone. Jesus, you are head of your church. Jesus, you are the chief shepherd. You are the chief apostle. Jesus, we stand under you and we say grace to this house. God bless your bride. God bless this beautiful family. Unity, grace as one. New love, new honour, new heart. Last year I proclaimed this and this is prophetic. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. What is already loosed in heaven, loose on the earth. What is already bound in heaven, bind on the earth. Church, can you stand together regularly, ongoingly, not just taking the body and the blood for your own family, but for this amazing family all together and proclaim that Satan's power will not have his way against this church. The gates of hell will not prevail against this amazing family. Jesus will build his church. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, You can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.